Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. On today's episode, Andrea Sandifer speaks with McCove Johnson about learning to be who God has called you to be. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Creatively Christian. I'm your host, Andrea Sandifer, and today I am joined by one of my good friends, McCove Johnson. So, uh, McCove, you are an author. You, I would call you like a spiritual therapist, but I want you to kind of dig in and tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm going to toss it right back to you to get us started. All right. Thanks for having me here, Andrea. Andrea, I can talk. Um, so, yeah, I kind of have decided on like being a spiritual mentor and an emotional health coach because um, therapist carries a connotation of degrees that I don't have, but <laughs> definitely in school, the Holy Spirit. So um, yeah, I've just up here in Alaska with my family. I've got uh, my oldest is 21 and just bought his first house. And then I have a four-year-old that's well, almost four that's plain that you may hear through the interview or she may pop on and um 19 year old and a 20 year old that I have um homeschooled so far let's see oh there she is hey sweetheart good morning pajamas <laughs> <laughs> good morning um yeah so I've written a Christmas devotional and an Easter devotional for little ones like this because I wrote it when my first ones were little and then um, in 2019 I wrote Mess to Majesty which is kind of my story and um, just showing how God loves us exactly as we are he doesn't expect us to get cleaned up and then come to him expects us to come to him so that he can clean us up and just what that has looked like for me and um yeah, and out of that, I've done a couple of courses on prayer and learning to have a conversational relationship with the Lord, just learning to to listen, to ask questions, and actually expect to hear answers, and um, did a course out of Mess to Majesty on, like, actually walking women through that process of, okay, we all know we're a mess, but God's okay with that. <laughs> like, he knows it, too, and he's not... He's not shaming us. He's not frustrated with us and wants to partner with us and wants to clean us up instead of giving us a list of things for us to clean up. Yeah, I I can attest to the power and the beauty of that course, that Mess to Majesty course. Um, and just the, and we're going to get into a little bit about um, the prayer process too today, because I think that's really something unique and powerful that I learned from you. So awesome. Well, uh, yeah, again, welcome to our uh, podcast today. And we like to walk people through um, four different sections in these interviews where we we seek to inspire everyone, listening, inform them, do a little bit of educating, but we ultimately want to empower people forward in their own creative work. So to kind of kick us off into that, um, inspiration section what would you say uh triggered you your move forward um toward writing and then eventually coaching 
um, and creating these courses? Yeah, as I was thinking about that question, I just thought it's just how God made me. Like I always have written. It's how I sort my thoughts out, I guess. And helping, like you said, empowering people to help them see like, you can do this, you can figure this out. Um, and just naturally a teacher too. So I thought like, it's just a blessing of how God made me. Like I wrote my first book because I wanted something for my kids that helped us focus, <laughs> seeing her project, that helped us <laughs> focus on Jesus in the midst of all the commercialism of our culture. And um, so just like, it didn't see what I wanted. So I created it and um, yeah. And then just having that heart to empower women and help them see the things that God had taught me. I was like, well, I could, I could do a course. I could coach. I could. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I didn't see what I wanted. So I made it. I, I love that. And <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I, I think that really kind of falls under you, you listen to God really well. And, and if there's something, uh, being prompted in your heart, uh, something missing like that, that you see that you've, you've just jumped in. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I love how creative you are. So let's talk a little bit about how you weave imagination and, um, object lessons into how you write and what you teach. Yeah, one of the first like public speaking type workshops I ever did was how to create an object lesson, which I had forgotten about until I read your question. And, and I did the workshop on like, well, I, my process is kind of two ways. Like sometimes I have a lesson I want to teach. And so I look for something that illustrates that in, you know, like God says in Romans, like creation testifies of him. So there's always something to teach the lesson. And then other times, like I see the lesson in nature or in behavior or whatever and go that way. So it's like, I kind of come at it from, from both ends and then just God is infinitely creative. So being able to partner with him in that, and that he gave us an imagination to be creative, to come up with these things, to show all the different facets of himself. I don't, again, I just feel blessed. Like that's just how he made me. It's how I see the world. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I mean, so that's where you draw your inspiration from is spending time with God and, um, any other, any other ways that you kind of, um, are able to draw in these object lessons or, um, yeah. Where do you draw your inspiration from? I think it really, it really does come from kind of that constant conversation with him because, sometimes it's the intentionally sitting down and going, okay, I need an idea or I'm working on this. But a lot of times it's just going through day-to-day -day life and something stands out and he's like, Hey, I want you to see, you know, like when my kids were little, they were watching Clifford of all things, you know, and Emily chose Clifford because now I can't remember how the words go, but because Clifford needed Emily, she chose him. And God was like, that's what, that's what my love is about. You needed me. So I chose you. And so they're just stuff like that of being in that constant relationship where he's like, Hey, pay attention to this. Do you see, do you see the lesson here? I love that. And how, how do you, 
I, as a songwriter and I am always, I hear ideas all the time and I I'm terrible at capturing them. And this is maybe <laughs> dabbling a little bit in education. Um, but how do you capture all these, uh, these great ideas that God throws your way? I don't know that I do, but I try to put them in <laughs> notebooks. Um, I have a Trello board that occasionally I remember to add things to the ideas there. Um, but yeah, jotting it down in a notebook is usually good because if I write something, I remember it better. Um, and then ultimately just trusting Holy Spirit that if it was an idea he wanted me to do something with, he's going to bring it back. <laughs> there it is. Yep. He is faithful to, if, if there's something he doesn't want us to forget, he will bring it back <laughs> for yep. sure. Very good. Awesome. Well, let's start to kind of inform everyone. So um, how did you first learn about this? And I, this is something I really feel is unique to you, this posture of listening in prayer. Um, when did you first learn how to do that? So I think the idea first came when a speaker came to our church and he talked about what he called soaking prayer. And he used the illustration of like having a pan that you've made lasagna in. And so the tomato sauce is baked on and the cheese is stuck and like, it's just nasty. <laughs> and you can spend lots of time scrubbing that pan to get it clean, or you can set it to soak. And then when you come back to it, like all that stuff is just going to wipe out of the way. And so talking about spending the soaking, just simply being spending time in God's presence and letting him do the hard work, letting him do what he wanted to do. And I think at that same time was probably coupled with um, in our children's ministry at church, they were starting to have the kids ask God questions and ask like, what do you love about me? What do you want to show me today? And so I jumped in that with my kids of like, well, yeah, if he's a good father, then he's got things to say to us. Like he's the shepherd. He says his sheep know his voice. So that means I must be able to hear him. And so like jumped in with that of like, okay, so we can spend time in his presence listening and trust that what we hear in his presence is him. Mm -hmm. And so we literally just started practicing <laughs> like yeah. all three of my kids were I don't know probably three four and five and we would all pile on my bed and be like okay you have to be quiet <laughs> we're gonna ask God you know whatever had a different question each day and like we're just gonna be quiet until everybody's heard something that is and so we cool. just practiced the I'm blown away by the ages of your kids in doing that. Uh, when I first learned this from you, I was, I had just turned 38 and it was, it was really hard for me to sit still and soak. Uh, how hard was that for your three, four and five-year-old? It was super easy for them. It was hard <laughs> for me. It was super easy for them because they don't have all of the filters and the teachings and expectations of what it's supposed to look like when God talks to you. Like they don't have all that garbage to sort through that we have and they don't have the to-do lists and they don't have all of that. So two seconds, all three of them would have something and it would be like, okay, stop. You have to wait until mom has something. There it is. <laughs> yes. And that's, that's the, that's the trick is, uh, 
Wow. You know, it, it's just, it, it's a testament to the faith of a child too. Just mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, we do have a lot of stuff uh, that we need. We do need time to soak. Um, and I would love, this is kind of fun, um, kind of unique, uh, that I would love if you could kind of lead us through one of these soaking prayers, just a little short one, um, just kind of to give us an example of what this looks like. And if, uh, for those listening in or watching, uh, just take a minute and try this with us. Uh, it may feel kind of maybe strange at first. I know Mikov, typically you have really nice um, music going in the background of these prayers too. Um, I have loved, and we can connect people with him um, in our show notes, um, the, the artists that you have used for your, your music and your backgrounds. And um, I, when I do my own soaking prayers now, I just turn him on because <laughs> it, it's, it's powerful. The, the power of music, um, and just in helping us almost release uh, different things that were really um, like the to-do lists and all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. yeah. So we may not have music today, but I would love it if, yeah, just wherever everybody is, just take a minute and just try, try this out and just try to listen and um, anything else to kind of prep us before we get started. Any suggestions? Um, No, I'll just go ahead and lead and All right. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are a good father and you want to talk to us. And I just uh, invite everyone right now to, if you can, just close your eyes, just relax and just tune into what I'm saying. Try not to think, just follow along. So if you can close your eyes and picture yourself in a frosty wood, the sun is shining. So the frost is just glittering and sparkling everywhere. And you're walking down a peaceful path. Uh, it's springtime in Alaska. So there's the bright blue sky. And there's the voices of the chickadees busily hopping everywhere through the woods. And just walk down this path, beginning to feel the heat return to the sun. And enjoying just the beauty and the stillness as you're out there in the wood. And as you round a corner in the path you see up ahead that there's a bench up there and looks like there's a box on the bench. And just as you walk closer and closer, notice the box. What does it look like? Is it wrapped? Is it wooden? Is it cardboard? Is it falling apart? Is it a treasure chest? Just whatever you see as you walk up to the box. And as you approach the bench and you see there's a tag on the box and it has your name on it. So you pick up the box and you open it. What's in the box? It's time to pay attention to what you're feeling, what you're seeing, what you're hearing. as you look at what's in the box and what does that mean to you? I believe whatever is in the box is a gift to you from your father. So my father, I received this gift and thank you for it.
And that's a simple example of mm. you know, us listening and using our imagination to help us because our creativity, the music, the imagination is in a different part of our brain than the thinking and the remembering and all of that. So that's why the music is so helpful and why these like imaginative journeys are so helpful because it helps like biologically shut down the thinking because you're firing up the other part of your brain. Fantastic. And just to kind of, so for me, my box was, it was beautiful. It was, um, but it was simple. It was just a, like a, a floral pattern like lift the lid off kind of box, but it was full of like pictures. And mm. it was hard for me to decipher what was in the pictures. Um, but I, I felt like a warmth of like a, a, a joy in seeing mm-hmm. those. And it's interesting. One of the things I've really been walking through recently is, and this whole year, um, we're currently recording this end of January, 2021, um, the whole past, uh, 10 months, just feeling disconnected. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, uh, I think I, I can tend to feel a little lonely, um, and miss people and yeah. yeah. So, so interpreting that normally, like somebody would tell you, this is what I saw. And how would you respond to what I saw in the cove? Um, what strikes me is that like, those would be memories. We take pictures of memories. And since you had a, a warm feeling, like they're fond memories that God has kept in that box for you, whether it's memories of his times with you or just memories of your life that he cherishes that are in that, you know, kind of like an old scrapbook, but they didn't get scrapbook. They just got put in the box, you know, but yeah. Oh, like, I don't I have I don't. a box of pictures like that for my grandma. Like there's just a box of pictures that that's cool. Yeah. So memories and, and, uh, yeah, memories are a gift. That's, and that's mm-hmm. something I can carry with me no matter if I get to be around them or not. So that is quite a gift. So we hope that you enjoyed yeah. that, uh, everyone. Definitely. And it's, it's really, it took me a, a long time. I remember telling you like after the first couple of weeks, like, I just don't think I'm doing this right. And <laughs> it, it takes practice. I will say so keep trying, but, um, yeah. And, something else that you have kind of been digging into uh, something else that I'm currently kind of learning from you as well is um, about CEN or we would, we would like them that out and say childhood emotional neglect. So could you tell us a little bit about that and why you kind of headed in that direction? Yeah. So childhood emotional neglect is when a child's emotions are not, or emotional needs are not sufficiently met by their parents And that can happen for a whole host of reasons, most of which are not because you had bad parents, most of which are because life happened or your parents were ill-equipped emotionally themselves. Um, But the results are the same. Emotional neglect creates um, lack of identity and lack of confidence and lack of awareness and um, all of those imp- things impact how we show up for our family. They impact our relationship with God. Um, they impact the impact we're supposed to make on this world because we're not sure who we are. We're not sure if our gift is really worth bringing, if our voice matters, 
um, especially as a creative type that's got a way that's a little bit different than everybody else. Like if you don't have confidence that that's from God and that it's important, you're just going to bury it. And so um, just like I really started digging into it for myself because when I found it and like read through the impact and everything, I was like, this is my life. This explains my struggles and my insecurities and all these different thought patterns. And like, I don't want to pass this on to my kids. And so starting to build that awareness and starting to build those emotional skills to have better relationship and to have like for me to know who I am, but also for my kids to be able to be like, no, figure out who you are because you're not me. <laughs> And you don't need to be me. You don't need to be anybody else. You're you. And so who does God say you are? And how do you have the emotional resiliency, the emotional strength to hold on to what God says you are when the world is saying otherwise, or even your own experience is saying otherwise? Yeah. And I, um, I remember when we first started working together last summer and you would, you would say that every once in a while you'd bring up uh, CEN and it was always like a, whoa, what is that? And it, again, we were talking earlier about how Holy Spirit will continually bring things up. He wouldn't let that one go with me. So um, <laughs> yes, I love that you have now, you're kind of developing a course around uh, leading people through this. Um, and I know the materials that you've drawn from uh, are not necessarily a Christian um resource the the mm -hmm. doctor that developed this but i love how you are you're taking that resource and you're pulling in um how we can tap into god's healing power and and again like we've just been talking you know like he wants to talk to us he wants to pour into us and um to have a relationship a healing relationship with us and and I, I just I love how you've been kind of weaving that together um but uh yeah so that's a course that you've uh, been working on um I'm excited to to kind of continue to work through that with you and just a reminder to anyone who hears childhood emotional neglect it can be kind of a hard thing to mm -hmm. admit or talk about but Again, it doesn't mean, right, that we, we yeah, had terrible doesn't mean parents. You're calling your parents bad. It doesn't mean, yeah, that your parents were evil or that you're a bad child because you were emotionally ne neglected. You, like, it doesn't mean any of that. It's just, that's what happened. And now you have consequences for that. And now that you're an adult, you can do something about it. There it is. Yeah. 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 Good. And your parents can't do anything about it and they don't need to which is freeing <laughs> it is uh, I know my son was asking me the other day when can I make my own decisions and I'm like oh buddy <laughs> soon enough but uh trust <laughs> me that uh mommy's trying to make the best decisions for you and I I'm good I'm gonna be an imperfect parent uh yeah. but like you said like if if the more we can learn about our own um our own identity in God's eyes. And we can, we can learn the beauty of gripping that more fully. Uh, 
we, we can pass that on to others. Uh, we can pass Absolutely. it on to our kids, our other family members. We can be an encouragement to each other in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a really powerful thing to dig into and learn about, but Okay, so let's uh, kind of shift into education. Um, I love kind of just helping people understand how you take something from point A to point B. And so um, you talked about like God, God showed you that there isn't a book like this out there. So you, well, I could write it or there isn't a course out there like this. So let me develop it. So what it did take to take the, those ideas, um, just dreaming about those ideas to actively pursuing them? Oh, well, I think my process usually looks like a bunch of brainstorming, which can be like just thoughts all over a piece of paper. And then <laughs> it usually involves lots of colors of going, well, these things go together and those things go together. And then I can pull it into an outline and be like, these are the important things. So where do they fit and how does it make sense? And so yeah and then once it's outlined then like each step needs to be like what does it need for this to make sense and what does it need for that to make sense um I love that so you almost start with like a brain dump yeah (laughs) and 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 I love your idea of color coding and kind of grouping things together I did that the other day with my uh ministry work I was like okay what falls under this category I'm gonna do the color thing though I think that would help clear it up (laughs) like what falls under which color I love that idea um and what didn't you know when you got started uh that you had to learn like when you pursued writing a book or when you pursued um developing these courses what kind of technology did you have to overcome or uh, different things in the publishing world what did you have to learn yeah so writing the book the first time I went with um, what I now know is called a vanity publisher so like there was a whole string of things to learn there and then um, with the last one I published with Amazon so then it was learning um, I think at the time it was Kindle direct publishing so learning what their requirements were and um, learning fiber was a great thing because I went and found somebody that I'm like, okay, you understand all the formatting you can, I will pay you to do that instead of me spending hours and hours trying to get it right and not knowing how to fix it. (laughs) Um, So there was, yeah, there's formatting and cover layout and the copy of, you know, how do you describe your book in, you know, just a few sentences. So if somebody wants to read it, what do you say in the first sentence? So they want to keep reading the next sentence and just all of that kind of stuff with the book. And then um, for courses, yeah, there's like the platform to host it. So how do you set it up so that the video shows up where it's supposed to and the worksheets show up where they're supposed to and how much description do you give? And um, How do you make sure that people can access it when they're supposed to be able to? (laughs) Um, So there's tons of different platforms out there. I've used a few different, few different ones, but. um, Where are you kind of settled in uh, as far as platform now? Um, Well, I have my website on WordPress now. um, And so I know like the basic editing stuff on WordPress. Years ago, I did my entire site all by myself. And I just got to the point where I'm like, I don't want to learn any of this stuff. (laughs) Like I can, but I don't want to. 
Um, so now I have, um, this is a Christian mom that works from home with two little girls and her husband is in full-time ministry. They travel around the country during, um, doing relief, like after hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff like that. And so she works from their travel trailer with her little girls and she does websites. I'm like, I'm thrilled to pay you and support you and what your family's doing <laughs> to do all the stuff I don't want to learn. Um, and then like, I can go in and update titles or change a picture or whatever stuff like that but I don't have to learn any of the stuff I don't want to learn um and so she's got uh I think it's called learn dash is a platform on my website that I can do all the courses and the videos and stuff like that in so that's where that's awesome I'm at right now where did you find her how did you get connected with her oh uh, Facebook <laughs> specifically how I do not remember anymore because it's been it's probably been three, at least three years. And it was like at the beginning of like, oh, I'd really like to someday, but oh, I don't know. I can't afford it, whatever. And then I think probably in September, August or September, I was like, okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, God uses Facebook too. I'm convinced to connect people. Yes. So I'm thankful for the the connectivity of it. I know not everybody's a fan, but um yeah, there's, it's not all good, but it can be exactly. used for good. It's a tool. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Uh, and yeah, I think um, there's a lot of people out there with like manuscripts and books and stuff um, that would love to uh, get those out into the world. So um, yeah, we'll have to link some of those resources you mentioned um, just to kind of help people maybe dig into that and look into it. But um, it's really helpful. Some of those, you know, um, they're out there for people that are just may not get picked up by it. I would call a traditional publisher and, mm -hmm. uh, but you can still, um, yeah, I created a songbook uh, in just the recent past. And it was so nice to just the different resources that are available out there for people who just want to get something yeah. in people's hands um, and be able to gift it out or um, just um, share what God's teaching them. So yeah, Those are great. So much as possible. Yeah. Uh, and I love, um, I love the way your coaching sessions um, are, or your, your courses are set up. Uh, what kind of resources do you utilize? Um, and how do you find what works best when you connect with clients and um, um, you know, I use videos and Zoom. stuff? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love to do zoom because I love to see people's faces and like, a lot of, well, yeah, I was going to say not necessarily a lot, but yeah, a lot of what I do goes pretty deep. And so there needs to be time for quiet and there even needs to be time for tears and whatever. And so I just feel like having the screen to see that, like, I'm still here. You're still here. You know, it's not like being on a phone with just dead air of like, uh, so do I say something? Did they set the phone down? You know, whatever, like, um, and then there's also like God made it to be healing that when you have tears and somebody sees them and you can see their compassion, like that is healing. And so being able to do that over video, you know, typically on Zoom is just huge because then I can minister to anybody anywhere around the world as long as they have an internet connection and just be able to have that compassion and hold that space of like, 
you know, it's, you know, because most people, I'm sorry, I'm crying. I'm like, no, that's actually good. You need to keep going <laughs> um, and be able to, to hold that. And um, like, I guess for other technology and coaching, like I do use Facebook, I've connected with the vast majority of my clients on Facebook. And um, then there's Acuity, which is a scheduling thing so that it translates the time zones and all of that for people so that you can just set schedules and <laughs> and not have to like message back and forth 15 times of like, you know, this time, oh, is that my time zone or your time zone? And um, so that's helpful and just being able to email reminders and so, yeah, especially in our socially distanced world right now, like there's a lot of technology using texting and messenger and video yeah. chats and email. <laughs> yeah, it's been a real gift. I, you know, we were uh, talking with a friend the other day about how uh, when our country went through the Spanish flu, <laughs> how, um, how hard that must have been. Uh, how isolating that must have felt. I feel like it's yeah. technology has definitely been a gift to us. Um, and I love that you mentioned being able to see people's faces. Um, it has been such a um, a hard thing, not being able to meet with people in person. And it's at mm -hmm. least a, it's a gift. Um, it, it's powerful being able to see each other's faces. And like you said, um, there there's power in um, seeing each other even in those, those states of sadness or sorrow, um, we can, mm -hmm. we can minister to each other. So that's cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love every time we connect on video, it's, it's always so encouraging and helpful and <laughs> yeah, the power of zoom got to love it. Yeah. Um, so we love to kind of end, uh, all of these interviews, uh, kind of encouraging people forward. We call it our empower section. So, um, what impact do you hope that your work will have on those that partake of it? Oh, I hope that it's transforming, that they learn how God sees them and how he partners with them, or really more how they partner with him to be what he wants to be, because we have so much performance mentality and we have so much striving and and like so much of it comes from a good heart. Like we want to please him and we want, you know, like we want to make an impact for him, but he wants to make an impact on us and out of that will make an impact on the world. And so for people to, to get the healing, to be able to rest in that and to be able to be like, this is how God made me and he likes me. So it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I would, that I would love for everybody to get that. Me too. Amen. Yeah. Um, and what would you say to someone uh, that has the desire to encourage others like you do in their spiritual growth? Um, if, if somebody wants to write or uh, like you said, you know, sometimes getting over our own fear of doing something, um, what would you say to someone to encourage them forward? Um, I would say start wherever God is leading you and remember that you're performing or you're writing or you're doing your video or whatever it is for an audience of one. 
if he likes what you're doing, it will have the impact it's supposed to have. And so, well, like we can always improve our speaking skills or improve our lighting or our cameras or all of that, like ultimately it's pleasing him. And so if he's not leading you to do all that, you could set up a TV studio in your home and look super professional and have it impact no one. Or you can go live on your phone every day with your messy hair and your kids pulling at you and have a huge impact if that's what he's calling you to do. So it's just, it's following him and not worrying about what other people think. Following his lead. Yeah. And just being obedient and yeah. Um, in writing the book that you don't see and yeah. making it happen. <laughs> that- uh-huh. yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh, well, how can uh, everybody connect with you and learn from you? Um, the easiest place is probably my website, which is just mccovejohnson.com. Um, and as far as I know, I'm the only McCove out there. So um, <laughs> if you search Facebook, you'll find like I have a coaching page and I have my personal page. Um I have a Facebook group, but it's kind of in transition right at the moment. So it currently is women becoming in Jesus, but the name's probably going to change. So, um, But yeah, just my website will have all the links to where you can find me everywhere else. So that's probably the easiest, just mccovejohnson.com. And then cool. you know, information about courses and coaching and all is, is there too. So Fantastic. And we will link all that in the show notes too. Um, your name is very beautifully unique. Uh, I think you're, you're the only one. And didn't you tell me that it was like your dad, um, thought that he heard it in a movie like 20 years before I was born. (laughs) So it's like, okay, dad. So there should be like lots of McCoves, like 20 years older than me. aren't so <laughs> you've never met a one it's uniquely no. you I love it yeah. <laughs> well is there anything else uh coming up in your space anything new that your god's maybe prompting in you to create and do um I've lots of ideas stirring but I haven't committed to any yet like the idea of doing a podcast is definitely stirring around and um in the future too I know there'll be some type of community. I don't know if it'll be a membership or whatever, but a community for women that see that they've struggled with childhood emotional neglect, but they're ready to say yes and have God teach them how to partner with him for why, why they're here and what he has for them to do. So that'll be, I'm sure that'll be coming this year. I just don't know when. (laughs) No, that's exciting. We all need community um, connection and especially if we're working through something, um, community can really help us to know that we're not alone. And yeah, it's really powerful. So I look forward to that. Um, well, I would love to close uh, by praying for you and what you're doing. And um, yeah, so let's go to prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time today to connect um, with McCove. And we just, we thank you for what you have led her to create. Um, Thank you for gifting her in the ways that you have, the ways that she uniquely expresses your heart and your love. 
um, thank you for her willingness to give of herself and pour into your children, Lord. Um, thank you for how she leads people in hearing your voice more clearly into soaking in your presence um, and to growing in to who you created each of us to be. And it's just, it's such a gift um, to your kingdom, Lord. And we pray that as she continues to develop her courses and to write and to minister to hearts that Lord, you would, you would bless her efforts and you would show up in big ways for everyone that she ministers to and connects with. And Lord, we just, we pray that um, you would continually be her peace and her hope and her comfort um, and be that ever-present voice in her life, Lord. Uh, we thank you for her obedience to you uh, as an example to us and just the beauty of it, um, the beauty of relationship with you, Lord. Um, it's inspiring. We thank you for, um, we thank you for her time to pour into us today. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And is there a message of encouragement that you would love to just end with, uh, encourage people forward in their creative work? Yeah, I would say learn how God made you and understand that that's how he wants to use you. Like too often there's this idea in the church that if you say yes to God, I'll do whatever you want, that he's going to have you do the thing that you least want to do. And probably not. Like he made you the way he made you because he needed somebody like that to do what he wanted to accomplish. You know, it's like I said, with liking to write and liking to teach and whatever, like all of those things are just naturally part of who I am. So what's naturally part of who you are, he made that way on purpose. So figure out what it is and start doing it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Mikov. Thank you so Thank much you, for pouring Andrew. into this community yeah. today. And I will hope to see you soon again, another day. Mikov and I finally met in person just the other night. We've been uh, awesome. talking for almost a year now. And I'm like, there she is. I actually got to hug you. It was such a gift. It was great. <laughs> we'll have to do that again soon. So yeah, well, definitely. thanks everybody for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, this is Andrea Sandifer with Creatively Christian and just keep on creating uh, exactly how God created you to create. <laughs> Amen. Fun way to say that. So thanks so much, McCove. <laughs> until next time. Bye. All right. Thank you, Andrea. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. To see the show notes where we put resources mentioned in the episode, you can head over to theophanymedia.com forward slash Johnson. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our paid membership, the Creatively Christian Club, which includes exclusive content, networking events, and masterminds with expert creatives, just go to club.theophanymedia.com. 
Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.